Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. going to continue the series that I started last week called Are We There Yet? And this installment of it is really going to be uh, when theirs here. So the whole series is already there yet, but today I'm going to talk about uh, when theirs here. Ever been here? Here there? When there? If you know what I mean? When theirs here? When because you can't be there and here at the same place at the same. I mean, it's only you're always here, right? You're always there is a place you're going, but you're never there. Because when you get there, it's no longer there, it's here. But what we build up in our mind here about there, often we imagine and our imagination and our expectation and our anticipation all build up for for this thing that we think this is going to just be absolutely awesome, I can't wait. And in, because we're thinking in terms of fun and, and comfort and those kinds of things, and any time there ends up not being so fun and comfortable, then our, our heart just kind of sinks because we're disappointed. You tracking with me? I remember, you remember when we became big campers, son? Remember that? We decided we were going to be a camping family. And uh, some of you, you know what, some of you are sitting there saying, okay, here he goes with the camping story again. I've only got about five stories. I've got to just tell them over and over. I always hope there's at least one new person in the room. Is there a new person in the room that just, if not, okay, fantastic. See, now I get to tell it. Uh, so, so the camping story, so I decided we had some friends that were big campers. And when I say campers, I'm talking about tent campers. And so <clears throat> they kept inviting us to go camping, and we hadn't done it. So we decided that we were going to go camping and do it upright. And my sister and um, her family, husband, her family, they were going to go to. They were going. They went, didn't they? And so, when I do something, I like to do it right. I don't like doing things half-hearted. So I went out. I bought a big old a big old tent, like one of those three-room, you know, motel room tents, and. Um, I bought the cooking, you know, the pots and the pans and the little, the little stove and all new sleeping bags. And I mean, just, 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 I mean, just, we had it all. So loaded up and we headed off and, and started anticipating, imagination, we're out in the, in the trees and the beauty, you hear the birds chirping, we're sitting and we're just enjoying nature and it's all going to be beautiful and our hearts are at peace and at ease and everything is going to be, that's my, that's in my, we're all sitting around the campfire telling campfire stories and it, it's just going to be, that was in my imagination. That was what I anticipated. That was what I inspect, expected, but it's not what happen we we finally found the campground area that we were going to go to and the only camp spot that we could find was on what I call Tennessee level it was about like that and so 
we began to have to set up the tent and, the, and start setting up a tent. Now, I'm already kind of at this place where, you know what, okay, this, this is going to be okay after get because what we're used to is getting our suitcases, walking in a motel room, throwing the suitcases down, and laying down on the bed. You got to put up your own motel room when you're doing this. So put the tent up. We got everything together. For some reason, we got this wild idea about taking our new little puppy along with us. And yeah. And so we had a yapper. And so now, but everything's kind of set up. Finally, exhausted by evening, we got the tent set up. We got all this stuff done. Every, it looks like a camp. It looks like a camp area. But I'm tired, so we're going to go to bed. And tomorrow morning, you know what? We're going to get up and and then bliss is going to happen. And during the night, we had one of the worst rains. I mean, I can't even tell you. It just poured the rain. The tent leaked. It leaked up there, but it didn't leak on the bottom because what came in there stayed inside. We were sitting, you know, like this. So I was sliding down my feet into the water, crawling back up. Finally got up the next morning, walked out of the tent, stepped in on that red clay, mud, and I thought, oh my goodness. And so now we're tracking red clay mud. There are puppy red clay mud footprints on everything. <laughs> Didn't get to use my little stove um, because I said, how many of you vote to leave? Unlike church, every hand went up. <laughs> we all loaded up, headed back. I got all that camping gear, sold it, went out of business. Now when we go out of town, we load up our suitcases, we carry it in the motel room, and we drop it in the floor and lay down on the bed. It did not meet my expectation because of what I had anticipated because of what I had imagined. And because it was uncomfortable, I didn't think it's working for me. But here's the thing, God has a plan and a destiny for us. And God has their moments that we may imagine that when we get there, it is not quite as good as what we thought it was going to be. It didn't turn out quite the way we thought it would. And because of the discomfort involved in that season or in that moment of our life, we think in our minds, this can't be God, number one. And this, I just don't like this. And so our temptation is to run away. The problem with running away is there we miss what God wants to do in our life. We miss this special moment, this special season where God is able to get up close and personal and he's able to do something special. Let me read the passages and I want to share a message I think is going to help somebody here today. Let's look at the uh, chapter 17, 1 Kings chapter 17. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain the next few years except at my word. Now, this was not a happy meeting. This was uh, Elijah, the prophet of God, telling the wicked king, uh, the heavens are going to stop and you're going you're gonna to find out who God is. And so he, he does that. And then God says, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here and turn eastward and hide. I want you to remember that word hide. Hide. 
and hide in the Kareth ravine east of Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply food, uh, supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth ravine east of Jordan, and he stayed where? There the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. I'm not going to repeat last week's message, but we do remember we're talking about Elijah. And we're, and we're looking at Elijah in a way of seeing these there moments in Elijah's life when God says, I want you to go there, and Elijah went there. And then he, then he says, I want you to go there, and Elijah went there. And he's going along in these there moments. And in this moment, after he has just stood against a very powerful king, God says it's time to hide. There are a lot of times in our lives when we don't understand hidden moments and hidden seasons. And I'm afraid that if we don't get a grip or grasp of understanding on those hidden seasons, we're going to respond to them in a wrong way. God says, Elijah, I want you to go and I want you to hide. And for months, Elijah is hidden, fed by ravens and drinking out of a brook for months. We don't know exactly how long, but we do know that there was a period of uh, three years that's going to happen from when we started and where we're going to end this. And in that, it was, it was, this would have been months. And he's hidden by himself, alone, all by himself. How many of you have ever felt like you were hidden? You ever felt like you were invisible? You ever felt like nobody loved you? Nobody cared? Nobody appreciates you? Nobody notices you? Nobody sees the thing you do? Wives, have you ever felt invisible to your husband? He doesn't notice me. He doesn't see me. I get my hair cut, and he doesn't notice my new hairdo. I always notice Carla's new hairdos, don't I, honey? Don't answer that. <laughs> he didn't notice. He didn't, she didn't notice. I did this and this and this around the house, and she didn't even notice. She doesn't even care. I'm sick. I'm hurting. Nobody sees me. Nobody hears. Nobody knows I need something. You feel invisible. And then when we feel invisible... You feel invisible at work. You can feel invisible at church. I went. Nobody talked to me. I went to that church. Everybody says it's such a friendly church. I mean, that's all I see. Such a friendly church. I went there. I didn't think they were friendly. Nobody talked to me. Nobody had anything to do with me. I didn't think it was that friendly. Could be because we were not friendly that day. Could be because God has you in a hidden season. And he doesn't let anybody see you or notice you. You're invisible. You think you're invisible because no, just, just merely because nobody cares. And you're getting frustrated. And you think the answer is a new husband or a new wife or a new job or a new church. And what you don't understand is that's the worst thing you can do when God is calling you in to a hidden season because he's taking you into a hidden season for a purpose. Elijah, if we pull a satellite view of Elijah, we can see 
his life from the point that he withstood Ahab. We can watch him along the way when God demands of him that he ask a widow lady for her last biscuit. We can watch him even further down the road when he stands before a multitude withstanding the prophet of Baal, challenging him in a way that seems almost like, are, are you drunk? What is going on with you, Elijah? When we see uh, such a courage and a boldness in him, we see all of those things happening. We see him getting depressed and discouraged and hiding at times. We see all of that in a big picture. But Elijah did not know any of those things in this moment. He was here because God brought him here because he knew what he had to do in Elijah's life here before he could get him there. Are you tracking with me? A lot of times we trade off because we don't want to go through the discomfort. We don't want to deal with the hidden moments. We just want it all to go away. And God's saying, can't get you there until I can get you here. I can't get you to the victory, the public victory, defeating all the prophets of Baal until I can get you here and do what I need to do in you here. I can't get you fed by a widow lady and, and, and pretty well raising her son from the dead. I can't get you there until I get you here. I've got some big things for your life. I've got things bigger than you could even imagine, Elijah. I've got things, plans for you, blessed life, challenges that you will face that are going to be tough, but when you come out the other side of them, man, I'm going to lift you and raise you to levels you've never seen, but I can't get you there until I get you here. If you look through scripture and you look at some of the big names, you see hiding moments. If you look at Moses, God had to hide Moses on the back side of a desert for 40 years before he could use him to deliver the people. David had to be out alone in a, in a shepherd field with sheep for years before he was ever able to come up and become king. Jesus himself, 30 years old before he began his ministry. The apostle Paul got saved and then God secluded him for at least seven or eight years while he poured into him before he ever really put him on the big stage in ministry. Joseph ended up in prison and being hidden in prison for a long time before he came out and delivered his family. Every great man and woman of God that you ever find, they don't get there unless they go through a hidden season. You can't get there without going here first. Because what happens here is what helps you make it when you get there. It's what keeps you from getting proud when you're on the stage that crushes some people. It's what keeps you dependent on him when God puts you on a stage bigger than life and people are looking at you and people see you and in those moments you gotta know who you are and you gotta know who he is. And you don't find out who you are and who he is until you let him do what he's gonna do here. Look at number one. Let me give you four things right quick. Hidden seasons are for separation and preparation for our destiny. Hidden seasons are for separation and preparation 
for our destiny. You're not, you, you, you're not going to get your destiny unless you go through a time where you are being separated and prepared. Separation, when you read, when you read holiness in the New Testament, a lot of times we get the idea when we think of holiness as, you know, how high can you build up your hair and how long can you wear your sleeves and your dresses. And that has absolutely nothing to do with holiness, nothing at all. Holiness is just being separated unto God for, his, for him, for himself. God says, you're mine. I, I've separated you for me. That separation is what holy. And God's saying, I want to separate you from everything. I want to separate you unto me, for me, my purpose. Walk with me so I can feel your life. Preparation means I got to be able to to do what I need to do when I get there. And when you, if you think about there is so much authority and there is so much power in the spiritual realm with what we have as God's children, if we don't go through a preparation time, we're not going to, know number one, know what we have and we're not going to go, know how to use it. There's so many believers today that are, have been given so much. In, I mean, we've, given, we've been given every. Every spiritual blessing, we've been given them all. But if you don't know how to use them, you can have all the power in the world and it's not going to matter. I can remember a friend of mine back in the day when we were, um, we were sitting in the park, the Piggly Wiggly parking lot, and he had a 68 Camaro, and that was one bad car, I am telling you. So we were sitting there, and a guy pulls up in a Roadrunner, which was another bad car, and he challenged him to a drag race. So we all loaded up. We went down to the, to the four lane, and... I got out there, and I was going to flag them, or, or actually blink my lights, flag them down, get them started. This Camaro was way more with what he had under his hood and what the other guy had. This Camaro should have blew him up, just blown him out of the water. I blinked my lights, and I watched as that, that, that roadrunner literally just, whoo. And I'm thinking, where's the Camaro? And he finally comes through. There is no way he should have gotten blown away. Here's the problem. He didn't know what to do with the power. Are you tracking with me? Some of you are saying, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Others, you. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with the power. He sat up there and he just spun his wheels. See, if you don't know what to do with the power you have, you can have all the power in the world and just sit around spinning your wheels all the time and never get anything done, never get anything accomplished, all depressed, all discouraged, just always spinning my wheels, but there's power inside of you, and God uses hidden seasons to prepare us, to get us ready for the next season, for what he wants to do next. He's preparing Elijah right now. He said, Elijah, I'm teaching you that I am your source, and I need you to get this. I'm your source. Because when you go to the widow lady, I need you to remember that I provided for you day one, day two, day three, week one, week two, week three, month one, month two, month three. Because when she tells you she doesn't have any more money or, or any, more, any more bread and you have to say, give me your last piece, I need you to be able to say that and knowing that I'm going to provide for her and you too. Are you tracking with me? But he had to go through this to get there. Look at number two. <clears throat> Hidden seasons are designed for self-confrontation. 
Here's what I mean by that. I started to say, and I had it in there, but it was too long, so I just changed it up. But I started to say that in hidden seasons, God helps us deal with our worst enemy. Does anybody have an idea who our worst enemy is? We are our own worst. Somebody, somebody, somebody could say, well, but it's the devil. No, the devil's not your worst enemy. The devil has no power over you. If you're a child of God, the devil has no power over you. You have authority over him other than what you give him. You may be saying, and I gotta, can I come down here and talk to you just for a second? Because I, I got to get down here close for this one. You may be saying, buddy, it's that wife of mine. I'm telling you, she's, she's, she's my enemy. I, I can't, I can't deal with it i just she she's 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 destroying my life she is my enemy she is not your enemy she can't destroy your life only you can destroy your life only you can self-sabotage your life but you don't understand i was married to him for all of these years and then he goes and finds him a halfer halfer not heifer Half her age. Nobody else ever heard of that? Probably because I just made it up. Actually, I made it up in the first service. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's just like she destroyed my life, or he's destroyed my life, and he's, he's gone off with that other woman. Or, no, she destroyed my life. She left me for another man. I, I don't know what, and they destroyed my life. They broke my heart. They hurt. No, 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 nobody can destroy your life but you. Because if you choose, and I know it hurts, and I know it's painful, but there is a point in your life. See, some of you have been living in this for 30 years. Every day, you've driven so many people away because nobody wants to be around you anymore because every time they are, for 35 years, every conversation is about that, how bad that guy is and how bad he hurt you. Let me tell you something. After 35 years, you've got to move on. Hidden seasons are those times when we have to confront our own worst enemy. When we have to look at our life, when God says, for me to get you where I want to take you. Man, I got some awesome stuff for you, but for me to get you where I want to take you. I've got a husband down the road. See, you think he left you and he destroyed your life. You're destroying your life because I've got a man right down the road there that's going to treat you better than he ever thought about treating you. He's going to, do, he's going to treat you like a queen, but I can't give that man because he's my boy too. I can't give that man you because you won't fix yourself. You won't confront the issues in yourself, and I'm not going to turn somebody that needs healing over to him I want to heal you and then you can get it God I know you want a good man and that my boy down there needs a good woman but right now you two would be so toxic that if I put you together it ain't gonna last so what I need you to do is get along with me and let's confront some things and let's deal with the things going on in your life that are, you're letting destroy you and let's do some healing, bringing me to number three. Let's do some healing. Look at number three. In hidden seasons, God deals and heals. God gets Elijah down there. 
I'm, I'm sure in some ways Elijah could have been saying, I, 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 you know, when God says, okay, Elijah, you, you stood against Ahab. Man, you did awesome. I'm proud of you. Boy, you did good, son. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And he could have been inspect, expecting inside, in his mind, he could have been expecting, okay, God, he's proud of me. This is going to be good. He's proud of me. He's going to throw me a party. going to be a celebration. All my family going to be there. All my friends going to be there. It's going to be good. And God says, go down there, hide at the brook. Hide. Okay, this is going to be a surprise party. Uh, this is going to be awesome. And you go down there, no cars. I don't see anybody. But man, I know this is going to be good. He got down to the brook when he got down there. He's waiting for everybody to jump out of the caves and from behind the rocks. And nobody jumps out. It's just him. And a raven comes by and drops him a piece of bread. And the brook is not the name of the waitress. Brook is the water that he's drinking out of. And ravens is not the restaurant catering. His dinner's ravens are birds bringing the food. Not the there that I'd hoped for. Not the there that I thought was coming because God proud of me. But the there that I got to go to if I'm going to be the man God wants me to be. If I'm going to be the one that God's going to use to fulfill his purpose, the destiny. In this moment, God begins to deal with issues in our life. How many of you know you got issues? Everybody know you got issues? We all got issues. There's some issues that if you, don't, if you don't deal with them, or at least learn how, some issues may never go completely away, but you've got to learn how to deal with them when they come. Elijah was a powerful man of God, but he was also a man that dealt with depression and discouragement and doubt, and at times wanted to die, didn't want to do it anymore. See, we see that as two different people, don't we? How can this great man of God stand up and he's just letting the devil have it and at the same moment or, or a little bit while later he's over here and he's laying in bed and he doesn't want to get out of his room and he doesn't want to talk to anybody and he's depressed and he's discouraged and he doesn't want to live and he doesn't want to know what he wants to do with it. How can that be? Because we all got issues. We just have to learn in this hidden season how to deal with those issues when they come up I remember I remember at the at the beginning very beginning of of harvest had there not been this what I'm going to tell you had this not happened I don't know if there would have been a harvest I don't know I don't she might have died in her infancy I was so hurt and I was so angry. I, I vowed I was never going to love church people again. Never. I'll preach to you. God called me to do that. I'll care about you, but I'm never letting you all the way in here again. You with me? Because it hurts too bad. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to minister to you. God put that anointing on me and I'm going to give that. I'm going I'm to minister to you. 
but I'm just not going to let you in, in here. I'm not going to love you with Jesus' kind of love. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep you at a distance. But I was angry. And I was acting out in that anger in some ways. At times I was fine, and at times I was not fine. And a couple friends came and said, you're going to destroy your family, you're going to destroy this church, you're going to destroy yourself if you don't deal with this. We're going to pay for a cabin in Pigeon Forge, and you're going to go, and you're going to get alone with God. And don't come back until you get it right. I went on, but I didn't want to. You ever just not want to talk about stuff? You want to talk about it, but you won't talk about it on your time and your way, but you don't want to talk about it, especially on God's timing. You ever avoided God? Have you ever avoided prayer? I mean, you know, you're walking down through here and you're not really talking to him, um, and you're just kind of, like, you know he's waiting to talk to you, but you're just kind of pretending like he's not there because you don't want to talk about what you know he's going to want to talk about. I know at times with my kids, there were moments when they avoided talking to us about some things because they assumed they had a picture of what that there was going to be like in that conversation. Only when they finally talked to us, they found out it was nothing like what they thought it was going to be. They found love and they found grace and they found forgiveness and they found strength. And we always think it's going to be reprimand. God's going to get me. God's going to fuss at me. God's going to get mad at me. But I finally gave in, went to the cabin. The first day was miserable. Because when you're alone in the woods and you're trying to avoid God, no TV, no radio, no noise, because we like to use noise to drown out any opportunity for God to ever get deep down inside of us and start talking, right? You understand the need for hidden seasons? The first day was miserable. The first night was miserable. But I thought if I'm stuck in this cabin, I'm not going to just sit up here. I got up the next morning. I said, okay, God, let's talk. I'm mad. I am angry. I don't know how much longer I want to do this. And I can't love the way you, and I can't, don't even start talking to me about forgiveness because I can't. And it's just like he just said, bud, I love you. That ain't what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be in my face fussing at me right now. I love you, bud. Okay, I know you love me. Let's get past that. We're talking about my anger and what caused my anger. And those people. And you know when you really get down to finding out who those people are, you find out that those people are not near as big as you thought. Because all of a sudden in your head, those people are thousands and when you really start getting down to it, which is what I had to do, it was only about two. You know what I'm saying? Devil has a way of making things seem so much bigger. And so then when I finally got down to it, there was only a couple people, and then I had to really get down in why am I so angry with them when they were just deeply hurt. 
And in their hurt, they hurt. Because hurting people often hurt people. I went through this whole thing until God began to clean all this anger out of me. And in, in, in God moving all of that out, it, it, was, it was a life-changing experience. But I will tell you, it took me, it still took me a few years after that before I really began to love the way I used to love again. Before I really let people in. Before I really loved that way. It took a while, but it came. But it came in hidden seasons. God deals with our insecurities. God deals with our fears. God deals with our shame and guilt. And he heals us in these moments. And if we avoid them, we're never going to get what we need for him to do what he wants to do for us down the road to the point that we can rejoice and celebrate when that moment gets there. Are you tracking with me? The last one, look at this, number four. In hidden seasons, God reveals the source of all we need. In this hidden season for Elijah, God said, Elijah, I'm all you need, buddy. You got to have those moments. 33 years old, I'm sitting in my pickup truck down by the river. I know where your mind went. Pull it back up. I'm sitting in my pickup truck down by the river, and I'm sitting there crying. And I'm thinking, God, they don't care. Now, after telling you all these stories, y'all are going to say, man, he must be the biggest baby. Yeah, I'm a pretty big baby. And so um, I was sitting there, and I was crying, and I was just saying, God, they don't care. They don't, they don't, they don't, they, all they care about is what I can do for them, but they don't care. And I mean, this was 30, I was 34, 33 years old, only about four or five years into this min, the ministry that I was in at that moment at that time in my life. And I sat there, and suddenly it's like they don't, they don't, they don't even want to understand. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, Bud, they can't understand. You're trying to make them understand something that it is literally impossible for them to understand. And what I need you to do is realize that they can't. I'm your source. I understand. I love you. I need you to go love them. You just shut up and go love them and let me be the source of what you need because if you need their love and acceptance to keep on going, I'm going to have to take you out of ministry because you can't minister to people that you need to love you. You can only minister to people that you can love. Is anybody tracking with me? Until I get to a point that I don't have to have your love to love you back, I can't minister to you. I can't heal my marriage as long as I have to have Carla giving me something back. But when I realize that I am Jesus in this marriage and Jesus never let us down, then what I can do is keep on giving what I'm supposed to be giving and say, I'm getting everything I need from Jesus. Honey, right now, I love you and I want you to love me, but I'm not dependent. I'm not putting the weight of this relationship on your shoulders. It's on Jesus' shoulders. And I'm going to love you and I'm going to keep on loving you. And I'm going to keep on loving you. And then I can give her the kind of love 
that she needs, that she wants. Is anybody tracking with me? I don't know where you are right now, but some of you are frustrated. You've been ready to give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. God hasn't forgotten you. He's just saying, honey, come sit down with me for a little while. Let's get alone for a little while because there's some things I want to, to tell you. I want to love on you. I want to encourage you. I want to I speak to you. I want to I pull some thorns and some splinters out for you because you keep on living with that because you think you have to, but you don't. If you'll just come to daddy and climb up in my lap, I'll take that out for you. And it may hurt for a little while after I take it out, but it will heal and there will only be a scar and it'll never hurt. That's what he wants to do. He just wants us to, in this hidden moment, to stop running Stop running from relationship to relationship, church to church, job to job, and run into his arms and let him do what he does. He is the source of everything you need. Everything. Bow your heads with me for a moment. If you have never met Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never put your faith in him, the very first thing to do is just say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior this morning. I put my faith in you. I believe you died for me, rose again, and, and you have taken my sin away. I, I believe that today. Is there anybody here that just quickly lift up your hand and say, I want to be saved today. I want to trust Jesus as my Savior today. Today I want to pray and invite the Lord into my life. Anybody? Okay, there are others of you that are in hidden moments. I want to pray for you right now, and then we'll, we're going to dismiss. Father, I pray. Some of your kids are in hidden moments, hidden seasons. They felt invisible, and they felt empty, and they felt lonely and uncared for and unloved. But I pray this morning they'd leave with a new insight, a new understanding that when they go through this hidden season with you, when they come out on the other side, they will be able to better experience what real love and real care, hope, and purpose is. We give you praise today. Lord, we give you praise. You are the healer. And we put ourselves in your hands. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, you are dismissed. I love you. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.